it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I find it quite funny that we're here in the paddock and Damon wants to go somewhere a bit quieter because he's getting so much attention. But Damon, this is the perils of being a world champion, I'm afraid. Perils. I suppose it's uh, one of the blessings and one of the joys. Exactly. exactly. You know, Take actually, it as a blessing. It's very flattering. Um, to, and by the way, if you don't get recognised do... at the British Grand Prix, then you're screwed anywhere else. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've been standing out there by the pit straight and there's still thousands of people. They were waiting for Lewis to come out and they saw Lando and they were just cheering and everything. And every time I was there with Jensen, every time we kind of turned around, they gave us a massive cheer. That was an adrenaline-packed Grand Prix. I'm exhausted as much from watching the race as I am from anything else. Well, I think we need to debrief everybody. Welcome to the post-British Grand Prix edition of F1 Nation with me, Tom Clarkson. Me, Natalie Pinkham. Me, Damon Hill. As we get racing again, and Sergio Perez isn't far off Lewis Hamilton because he could make a charge in that Red Bull. Hamilton's going to be under pressure as Leclerc leads Sainz, leads Hamilton, leads Perez into Abbey. Oh, and off the track goes Charles Leclerc as Carlos Sainz retakes the lead. Hamilton and Perez are going wheel to wheel. Perez is ahead of Hamilton. Back comes Sainz and Leclerc. Perez goes off the track, cuts the chicane. Golf goes Leclerc. Through goes Hamilton. Unbelievable stat. You can hear the roars of the crowd, whatever colour caps they're wearing. Making his 150th start from pole position, he's going to take victory, and for the first time in Formula One, Carlos Sainz is victorious. He wins the British Grand Prix. We did it! Yes, we did it! Yes, Carlos! I can't think of a better Grand Prix. I'm racking my brains, Tom. I mean, it, it was just thrilling, wasn't it? Where do we start then? Should we just do it in chronological order? I can't think of another way of doing it. I mean, yeah. the, the crash. Yes, the crash. Now, the crash was, was upsetting and alarming, wasn't it? It was dramatic. Um, but the thing was, the cameras switched very quickly away to uh, Joe Granue's car. And that really kind of made us feel a bit uncomfortable because... It makes you it, feel sick, doesn't yeah. it? Because so, you know that if they're not showing it, it's because they don't yet know if he's OK. And so the, the longer that that takes... And they didn't well, show any replays or anything no, like that. And we saw George running across. I'm guessing George got out of his car and ran across to see how he was. I now understand why he did that. Because he was thinking, where did the car go? I've just <laughs> had a crash yeah. with Joe and there's no sign of him. Because <laughs> yeah. he was hidden behind the barriers. I've never I mean, seen that. I'm laughing now, but this relief, you know. Oh, it is, we're it all is, laughing now because no, of I mean, the that, relief. That yeah. thing leapt over. The, it dug in in the, in the gravel just before the tyres and then rolled up onto the tyres and over and into a fence. But uh, just to reassure everyone, there is another cat fencing behind that. Um, so uh, I think we would have been okay. But even so, it made it over the blooming tyre barrier, which is quite alarming. So I just bumped into Graham Loudon, who manages Joe Granue, and he said that when he came out up to the pit wall to talk to the team, reassure them that he was okay, he got this huge cheer from the fans and he couldn't really understand why. And Graham was like, mate, we were genuinely really worried about you. He was like, oh, absolutely fine, don't worry about it. But I suppose when you're in it and you know, it's just the not knowing that's the hard part, isn't it? The chain reaction of events that led to the accident as well. I, I'm guessing there's a little bit of overexcitement at the British Grand Prix among the drivers because 
the atmosphere, the crowd just geez everybody on. Is it a coincidence that you end up with drama at the first corner when the drivers for the previous two hours have just had noise and excitement and adrenaline from the crowd? No, I don't think when they get in the car that they are thinking, uh, this is the British Grand Prix, I'm going to do something really special. I think later in the race when Lewis was was leading, he, I'm sure he was thinking to himself, I am going to give these people something to remember. And he did, but... Uh, I so thought he was going to win it. <laughs> but, to you. Rewind. It must have been a stage where you oh, really we did. thought... Oh, we did. We did. We thought that, didn't we? We just thought this is unbelievable. This is going to be the most unbelievable sporting victory ever because of not being even on the radar all season um, to lead a Grand Prix. Uh, and there he was leading. It was incredible. And he looked good. He looked, you know, the pace was good. Oh, as Carlos Sainz said after the race, he was the fastest man on track. And that was proven by the stopwatch as well, wasn't it? He got the fastest lap. But of course, that crash with Joe led to the red flag. And I, I, do you know what? With Carlos, he's just had the racing gods with him all weekend, hasn't he? Look at qualifying yesterday. Well, about time, by the way. He's had a lot of bad luck. It felt like it was um, the right time for him. I think the thing is, Tom, when you talk about luck, you know, it, you, you can get really lucky and something landed on your lap. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you keep knocking on the door, opportunity sometimes comes your way, the door opens. But if you don't knock on the door hard enough, then you're not there when it happens. And he, he's been there. He's been there trying, you know, to do it. Clearly, he wasn't as quick as Charles in the race as well. But then he grabbed the opportunity when the pit stop came. And I don't know whether he got on the radio and said, I'm coming in, or whether they said to him, do you, you know, are you... Uh, apparently it was him. them. It was them that said yeah. it. But he'd argued but, the case also to be allowed to race as well. And they were giving him that opportunity. And I think that's fantastic. Damon, I'm not taking anything away from Carlos. It's just that yesterday in qualifying, it was such a topsy-turvy session. And Max and Leclerc almost sort of took each other out by spinning in those conditions. So they didn't get their best laps in. And then the Joe crash meant that the grid reformed in qualifying order because they hadn't been past the second safety car line. It all just worked perfectly for Carlos. And um, once he got away at that second start, he was off. And I guess the big question now is looking forward, is, is this the turning point for his career at Ferrari? You know, it's been a long time coming and got the pole, he's got the win. He feels much more comfortable in the car. You saw that really in Monaco and in Canada. And now it feels like, you know, he could really capitalize on this and his trajectory is a, a positive upward and one. I definitely felt that the team is still backing him. Well, we've uh, moved up to Red Bull and delighted to be joined now by Checo's dad, Antonio. And uh, I mean, what a race from your boy. I mean, when he tumbled down the order after the, the contact with Leclerc, we thought, well, that's the race over. And then to come back to be on the podium, his best result, his first podium at Silverstone. I mean, you must all be hugely proud. He's a good surprise for me and for Checo. Checo no have idea with me stayed here. I stayed in the grandstand racing green incredible but do you imagine in the grandstand only one mexican push the support and millions of british people <laughs> in the grandstand he said what's happened but not have an idea the father of checo me you know in the grandstand silverstone i think so is in spanish the cathedral of the racing cars no it's the most important circuit for men's this is a track. This is good racing. This is 
full racing is incredible. I love it. Silverstone and for Checo, he lived many years ago, very close here in Oxford. Now he working very many times with the factories of the team, with Racing Point, with McLaren. No, is 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 I think Silverstone is your second home from Checo in in, in And for in the Europe. first time in his career, he's got a car that he could. He's competitive at every race. He's second in the World Championship, just behind his teammate. He can go for the championship. How is this all going down in Mexico? No, in Mexico and Latin America. Checo is only the one Latin American driver now, and many people in, in Argentina. Checo in Mexico is very popular, but the Miami race is very different. The people from Brazil, from Venezuela, from Peru, from Argentina, everybody's excited with the Mexican. Is you people, is Latin, Latin America. I think so now is very, very popular. It's more Checo in now in the world. This is very important. The support of you, the TV, the good comments of the people, with good experience, like a champion. He support to Checo many, many, many times when Checo not, ride, not driving in Red Bull. I remember. Uh, Damon, you well, have yeah. always Damon. said, <laughs> and you know what we say on this podcast, he said, I've always said. And it's great to see him it. in a competitive car, like you were saying, and being able to show what he can do when he gets uh, an opportunity to be at the front. And I'm just thinking also, we haven't had, we used to be Brazilian drivers that came. Are we going to see a flood of Mexican drivers coming across here and following in his footsteps, do you think? I think now is, is like a, the support now in Mexico, the economy it is no good one, but I think so the, the kids, he's coming, many, many drivers. Antonio, my other son, he pushed many, many kids in different series now in, for driving and, and go-karts and other others categories for push to, to the next Checo Perez. It's very important when Checo arrived to the Formula One in 30 years, not have a driver in Mexico, Formula One. He's it's wonderful. Incredible. You should Mexico, be very proud. Yes, You've I done a great job with that excited. boy. No, he's also excited. Mexico is your home. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now we're in the pit lane outside the Ferrari garage and just look at that. What a trophy that is resplendent in the evening sunshine and your name Damon Hill is already on it yeah it's fantastic I remember sitting outside Frank Williams's motorhome as the sun is going down just like it is now uh, on a beautiful afternoon having won the British Grand Prix and signing autographs and just reflecting on what a great day it was but I have to say it was an exciting race that I won but it wasn't quite as exciting as this one <laughs> What a beautiful segue, because Carlos Sainz, the man who was holding that trophy uh, on the podium just a little bit earlier, is walking towards us. Carlos, absolutely fantastic. It's been a long time coming, but you've got to really make the most of this moment. A huge moment in your career. 
Yeah, I'm about to jump on a flight with the whole team. That's why I'm a bit uh, pressed on time, but uh, it's amazing. It's uh, a really, really, really good feeling. Uh, especially just seeing how much the paddock like is happy for me. Is everyone is yeah. buzzing yeah, for you? It's, it's something I <laughs> has that I surprised you? Yeah, I, I mean, I know I get on well with people, but <laughs> I didn't know that people wish me so much good, you know, and. Uh, and this, as a human being, this is something really, really special, you know, and I'm an athlete, I'm a, I'm a professional, but also a human, and this is super nice to see. Well, fantastic. Very well done from all of us. Well done, Carlos. Mattia Bonotto, thanks for joining us. We've just caught up with Carlos. What a huge moment for him and for the team. Yeah, very happy, very pleased. 150 Grand Prix to wait for it. I said, now you, you should not wait for us 150 before the next pole and the next win, so... No, very pleased because I think he deserved it. Good, a good weekend. Paul yesterday, win today. And uh, he's a hard worker. He was really working hard to, to have the first, his very first victory and finally he got it. Matteo, this, this podcast goes all over the world, just like Ferrari. Ferrari has fans everywhere. When you, when you win a race, what is the response? When you go back to the factory, <laughs> you have just like, are you, you're going to Italy next. Are you going back to Italy? I heard that Carlos yeah. is going back there. So do you have a factory celebration? What happens there? Not really, because in a week time we got Austria, so we got only three days to prepare Austria. So, but it's certainly a big boost. So, what we are doing is to put a, another flag, the third flag, at the entrance of the the factory, which for us is is important. But then I think people are really head down to prepare the next one because we know that the challenge is already coming. But certainly it's a big boost, and uh, it was important after so many races not winning. Yeah. to be back at the victory. When we spoke to Carlos, he said he was actually surprised at the response, how many people were so happy for him. It's no surprise to us. He's a hugely popular guy. The big question is, is, is this the first of many? Will this be a catalyst now for him to really push forward? I, I hope so. I hope so because I think he's a fantastic driver. He's strong. Certainly will give him further more confidence. And uh, to have two drivers that can win for us, it's, it's the best we can have. So. It's I was a, just saying, that is, that's the key point here, isn't it? Now you've got both drivers who can win races, and that's a, a huge benefit in your armoury, isn't it, when you're coming to fight Red Bull? I think one, when one driver cannot win, is the other's winning. That's the best you can have, So because somehow you are always improve your probability to, to, of the, of the, for the win. So, so it's, it's important. I know that employing Carlos, he was a stronger racer, scoring a lot of points, as is what he's proving to be capable of. Really quick question on Charles. He was obviously frustrated at moments in the race. Um, how difficult is that for you as the team boss to manage? I certainly is disappointed as we are because he was comfortably leading the race. Without the safety car, he would have certainly won. And uh, it would have been important for him knowing that Max as well got, got problems and troubles today. So it's frustrating, but it's the way it is. And uh, I think he did a fantastic race very big fight at the start of the race with, with Checo, but then later on as well after the safety car, he tried to protect and to defend the position as hard as he could. And I think the way he was driving was really amazing. So he's a good kid, he's a fantastic driver. He will have new opportunities in the future. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you for your time. Congratulations. We're gonna have a very quick word with Carlos's physio, Rupert. I mean, what a massive day for you guys. Team Carlos. Incredible, incredible. I worked with him for six, seven years and He's a great guy, obviously very talented, works super hard. And uh, yeah, to see it to come together to like that is, is fantastic. Really pleased. It's a long time coming, isn't it? I it mean, is a long you know. time coming. I mean, I'm not going to hold that against him. No, I'm not no. going to, you know, remind him of that. But um, do you ever get to a point where you're like, is it ever going to come? And now it feels that 
hopefully there'll be plenty more. You've broken the duck now. I think, yeah, definitely like you said, it's... Um, I think for him at the moment, this point in the season, it's a bit of a monkey off his back, just that bit of confidence. And I think it really helped now. I think he can, he can push on. It's, he's got that off his back and uh, yeah, hopefully there'll be more to come. You're talking about as if it was out of the blue and I think it wasn't out of the blue. I think it's been coming for a while. I think he's been in, in, the, in the hunt and in, in the frame and he's got the desire. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Charles is a really fast driver and uh, he's got the jump on, on Carlos, but I think Carlos is... I think confidence is a huge thing in our sport. Um, some drivers suddenly find it's another level. And uh, I hope this win will do it for, for Carlos. That's I think. a really interesting point, yeah. actually. What role do you play in keeping his morale high? You know, when he has had disappointments, had a lot of bad luck lately as well. I mean, you're kind of a, a mentor, a, you know, a therapist, on yeah. top of everything, a best friend. You know, you have to do a lot for him as we travel around the world. Yeah, I mean, it's not just myself. It's obviously his dad who's probably more the mentoring role, obviously, with his most racing background and being a racing driver. I guess I'm probably more of a, like a soundboard, to be honest. Like, I don't really, I never go in too heavy or too strong with any kind of line of questioning or, or that sort of stuff. So I'm really there as a soundboard and, and there to support him. And when the time is right, you can challenge him, you can ask him the right questions. But ultimately, you know, he's got the talent, he's got the desire, and it's just there to sort of help him along, really. Uh, you deserve this victory as well. Congratulations. Is he allowed to have a few beers tonight when there's a Grand Prix next weekend? Are you going to allow him that? 100%. I mean, uh, from my side, definitely. I mean, uh, as, as he's... I know you his, will. <laughs> I will, yeah. Uh, his sponsor is Australia Glithia, so um, a beer a company. So, yeah, definitely he should have a couple of those. Cheers, Rui. Well done. Fantastic. Fantastic. Jesus Balsero from Diaria AS in Spain. How big is this victory going to be at home? How much, how much have you been asked to write? It's huge. I mean, it's, it's nine years, almost 10 years since the last one. For some like us, maybe a bit younger, it, it looked like this may never happen again. And suddenly we have a guy at, at Ferrari capable of winning races, capable of, of doing a pole like, like yesterday, capable of fighting for something more than we expected on the last years. Jesus, is this front page news in Spain? Sure. Not only the sports media, also the journalist media, like the serious newspapers, because this is a, one of the biggest achievements for Spain in the in sport. Who is the biggest Formula One star in Spain at the minute? Is it Carlos Sainz? Is it Fernando Alonso? Fernando is a two, two times world champion. He's a legend of the sports for us, because in a way he invented the sport for us. We, did, we were not that much into Formula One until he came, but Carlos is kind of raising his level and, and getting closer to that uh, situation. I think in a few years, if we see these kind of things more often, it will happen. Fantastic. Great news. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm going to try an experiment now, Tom, because I'm going to just show you how loved the champ is, because I'm going to take you up to the side of the pit wall now, where there is a sea of fans still here and I'm going to see if we can get them chanting. And that is, that is just for you, Natalie. No, no, no. Can, get, can we get a chant for Damon? Can we get a chant on the podcast? Brilliant. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, and I take, I, I take them everywhere with me. That, that's absolutely... It's, it's, everyone should have a... a, a 
a crowd of people chanting your name. Well, we, we should say there have been more than 400,000 people here this weekend. 142,000 today. Was it the biggest ever race day crowd at Silverstone? Well, I mean, and also it goes on for, what, four, three, four days? I mean, the, the Indy 500, I think, is uh, it's just a, a one-off race. Big, big crowd. But this is, this is unbelievable. This is the biggest Grand Prix I think I've ever been to at Silverstone. One of the most thrilling parts of the race for me was that huge flurry of activity at the end where you saw Alonso in the mix. I mean, he thought he might get a podium today. Norris was up there. And then you saw Schumacher, who was obviously going for his first ever points in Formula One, trying to take on Verstappen. You're like, don't do it. Just play it safe. Back the points. Absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? It was after the safety car, basically... We had, our, well, my mind is anyway, set on kind of how, who was going to win this race from the front. And you kind of, you took your eye off the ball because there was Sergio as well lurking and then Fernando Alonso lurking as well. So there was some really, really incredibly close racing. Uh, and I think that it showed these cars can get really close in the high downfalls corners because they were very close for a long time. Uh, and it just set up the most thrilling finish. And in the press conference after the race, uh, both Hamilton, I mean, Carlos Sainz had checked out, hasn't he? He'd gone at the front, but, but both Perez and Hamilton, who had a great dice with Charles Leclerc and each other, said it reminded them of their karting days. It and was, you could still you yeah. could see they were still so pumped by the racing. Yeah, I, I could totally get that. I mean, it was literally, there were guys who have been karting against each other in their careers. I mean, Lewis is actually a bit out of their group now, isn't he? Because a lot of them are so much younger. But I mean, he knows what karting is all about. I mean, but you're karting with um, almost a thousand horsepower cars and, uh, you know, uh, going much, much faster. What I thought was significant as well was it was all respectful. I mean, particularly Hamilton and Leclerc through through cops, through all the quick stuff. They were arguing over the same bit of asphalt, but not once did they touch. Well, no, there was some, a little bit of touching, I thought, a little bit of shoving, you know, leaning on people. But I think that the, the race directors, when they had a protest, it seemed to be, seemed to be very quickly uh, dealt with. And, and basically they said, no, we're not going to do anything. That's fair racing. I think that was a good sign. Well, and Danny Sullivan, who was the driver coach this weekend, is very much of that ilk. He believes they should just let them race. And I don't think there was anything underhand in anything that we saw. No, there wasn't. I mean, I, no, I think it was what happens when you race. You know, what is what happens when you've got a guy diving down the inside and, you know, you can't, you can't make room for everyone. Sometimes you use all the road and we saw Lewis going off at turn three and being, you know, you could say, OK, well, he was pushed off by, by Sergio. But no, really, um, Sergio dove down the inside and Lewis had to give up track position. And, and, and you know, it was, it was brilliant watching uh, some very, very exciting racing. And I thought it was hard but fair. You know, we did. We what about, you know, Charles and Lewis going round cops? That was so. I mean, it was good. brave. It was balletic. It was beautiful to watch. I mean, it really was thrilling, and the precision with which they drove, and 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 the respect that they earned from the crowd. I mean, the roar was deafening, and I just had it through an earpiece. And proof that the 2022 regs are working. That's that's crucial. Yeah, I think definitely on a circuit like this, it's shown that, you know, we, we have had some processional races where people couldn't get close enough in the fast corners to be able to get the DRS to work. But this time it, they were able to do that. They were able to get their car followed through the Beckett section and then get close enough to have a, a run down to Stowe. So that was good. How about Alonso? Fernando Alonso 
was magnificent in quali yesterday, almost as good as he was in Canada. And then today in the race was just pushing so very hard. I asked him afterwards whether the car was genuinely as competitive or whether it was just a case of him being able to pick up the pieces if other people made mistakes. And he felt probably more of the latter, but he's there, he's in the mix, isn't he? He's able to, uh, yeah, be opportunistic. And he's edging ever closer. Alpine have bought more upgrades. What's significant about that team is all the upgrades they're bringing are working. They're making strides every time they bring a new part to that car. I think Alonso, particularly Alonso, I feel he's the gap between him and Ocon is becoming not significant, but it's it's becoming a permanent gap, I would say. Uh, yeah, but hang on. Ocon's still ahead of him in the Sure, because of the early run. Do you remember yeah, the first? but, you know, so... I think Ocon's had a bit of bad luck as well today. Like he had that fuel pump issue, but he, he could have been on for a sixth place finish. Uh, very, very good in the races. But something Otmar Safnauer said after Montreal to us on the show was that where Alonso is different is he's able to find the grip immediately. So when you get a qualifying session as we had in Montreal, as we had a, here at Silverstone, which is wet, he just makes the difference. And he's got incredible racecraft. He's got incredible awareness of what's going on strategically in the race as well. Uh, you know, the other thing is this this battle between Alpine and and uh, well, what used to be Renault as well and McLaren. It, they can't you can't keep them apart, can you? It's like a pub brawl. <laughs> well, and and McLaren, Lando Norris having a tremendous qualifying yesterday. But Alonso uh, did him in the pits. He lost a place to him in the pits. So that was pretty crucial, wasn't it? But again, it shows what a great racing yeah, team Alpine are at the minute. Yeah. They really seem to be getting the maximum out of it. And, and Norris has had a good weekend. I feel McLaren have had a good weekend. Him coming home uh, in sixth place. When you say Norris has had a good weekend, Landers had a great weekend, definitely. Where is, where is Danny Rick? What happened to Danny Rick this weekend? He went completely off the radar. He says he's still looking for answers. I mean, there was a lot of head scratching in the pen. He said, I, I haven't got the answers. He did well to keep out of that melee at the start. He nearly, actually didn't realize just how close he was to getting shunted by Albon at the start. And by the way, we should just say on that that Albon has had to go to hospital for a cautionary checks. Um, we're hearing that he's okay, but may have a bit of concussion. And, you know, we wish him well. I mean, I don't think you'll find a nicer guy in the paddock than Alex Albon. Um, it was a shame, really, for Williams because Latifi did so well in quali yesterday. We didn't get to see how well the upgrades were potentially working on that car because Alex was out at the first turn. Well, they didn't do very well, did they? Because the truth is that Nicholas Latifi qualified through, got through to the, the Q3 and, you know... And didn't it have was, any. Yeah. No, I know, but we didn't see that the, the true potential of them because Alex had an issue in quali and then was out straight away in the race. A quick shout out to Latifi. Not only did he qualify 10th, but he stayed in the points for quite I a significant know, part of that call. And then just dropped down to 12th, didn't he, ultimately? Um, but so, but no, Norris, back to McLaren. Yes. Really good for him. You say Daniel's still looking for answers, but I kind of feel he's been looking for answers all season. I is know, that really unfair? Well, the last 18 months. I, don't, I yeah. mean, I don't think it is unfair. I think by his, his own admission, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of questions that need answers and he hasn't got them yet. He went out on the hards, couldn't kind of get heat into the hards, came in and put softs on because he had a DRS issue. His DRS was jammed open, so he came in and swapped to softs, but, you know, didn't benefit from that. Another person searching for answers, in a way, is going to be Max Verstappen, isn't it? So... Well, I don't know. I think he had a 
bad luck this weekend. You know, I think he, he had the yellow flag in quali. He could have put it on pole. He thinks he would have done had it not been for Leclerc's incident, which brought out the yellow. And then in the race, you know, he, he hit some carbon, ironically, probably from his teammate's car when he came, had the contact with Leclerc. And then it damaged the floor and with that lost a huge amount of downforce. I mean, it's one thing to say, don't worry, Max, carry on driving. It's not critical. Well, you know, it might not be critical. How, how do they know but that, you're by limping the way? round and with no performance. I think he would probably say that was quite critical. Yeah, well, we said the thing is, from the championship point of view, I mean, yes, he was unlucky this weekend. But we needed for the championship for Ferrari to have a big points haul and they've done it. Um, maybe the points should have gone to Charles Leclerc, but... They didn't. They went to Carlos Sainz and Ferrari allowed them to race and, and it was a great race and it's actually swung a little bit back and, and you know Max is going to have to do a bit more work. So that's good because luck is the random thing, isn't it, that makes racing exciting as well. It's not, you know, what you, you know, I'm not the, I don't want to uh, not see Max do as well as he possibly can. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you don't want everything to be decided halfway through the season. It also proves just how critical the flaws are in terms of performance this year, because Charles Leclerc can drive without a front wing end plate for the whole Grand Prix and actually be lapping faster than his teammate. And yet Max Verstappen damages his floor in an incident that none of us actually really saw. And there was nothing from the outside that we could see was damaged. And the car was nowhere so I guess the debrief at Red Bull is going to be going on for quite some time as he searches for those answers now look Schumacher I was so thrilled for him to come home in PA and he was still pushing so hard at the end wasn't he yeah he really was it was brilliant brilliant to see although probably quite nerve-wracking for good the Steiner thinking just don't have contact with Verstappen for goodness sake you know just bring the points home and but he was beaming in the pen. I mean, this again, talk about getting monkeys off backs. Sainz has done it with that win, but so has Schumacher. I think that will be a huge relief to him and hopefully open the floodgates for many more. Yeah, and it also showed their little battle, as in uh, Verstappen and Schumacher, just how hard Max is prepared to fight for a seventh place. He knows at the end of the season, those extra oh, points could, could be... Oh, that could all count. Yeah. And actually... That was another thing I asked him in the pen was that, you know, with the damage and with that lack of performance, actually damage limitation, all things considered, seventh place isn't bad. Yeah. You yeah. know, at least he didn't tumble out of the points altogether. And what about Vettel this weekend? Yeah, um, well, so we saw Seb uh, driving Nigel Mansell's car. Well, it wasn't Nigel Mansell's car, it was his car because he'd bought it. <laughs> and so it's actually his car that uh, Nigel won the championship in. I so loved that. Yeah, it, was, it was great to oh, hear. It was familiar car. sound. I mean, imagine I did 90% of the testing in that car. Um, so that was the sound of my life when it was going around that Renault also, V10. He got straight on it, wasn't he? He was pushing that thing from... He's probably the been taking it for secret laps. Well, he's, he's a current Formula One driver, so he's actually probably quite capable of pushing that car quite, quite no, well. But he but didn't look after it. I thought he might just wave to the crowd on every lap that he did. But the first two laps he did, he was on it. Focus, not waving to anyone. Well, he was going round Stowe, one-handed waving to them. Where I, that where was, after, where that I was, was later on. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, listen. He he, he put it on. Um, uh, it was on synthetic. Was it either on synthetic fuel or on 
on um, on green fuel and of some sorts of non-fossil I think it's, uh, it's the right way to put it but in the race talking about green the green wasn't going too well was it um, well it know, wasn't it was, in Crawley uh, but good to get well, in the points he did I mean, a very was... odd strategy uh, he went short on the first run didn't he he only did five laps on the soft well remember he, he actually was one of the, the trigger points of, he, of he, the he, crash he, on the first one he rammed he was, the back of Alex Albon didn't he beg yeah. your pardon that's of course he did but then he went very very long and then had to do a late pit stop and that put him back a bit but um, yeah I expected more from the Aston Martins here well uh, this year yes yeah. but this weekend I mean that is I mean that's a huge turnaround from quality yesterday I thought that the safety car had benefited him and he said I don't know I don't think so I think I could have been seventh if it wasn't for the safety car I mean, so from, what do I know <laughs> <laughs> from 18th on the grid tonight yeah. yeah and you know a guy who's had so much success he's still pushing really hard every lap and it's it's great to see. It's the ultimate pace, isn't it? It's the qualifying, yeah. and that's that's what's missing. But uh, I think it proves that he's still loving what he does, and of course he doesn't have a contract for next year yet. And yeah. it just—I think everything's pointing towards Seb coming back for more. I think you're right. And earlier in the year, I wouldn't have agreed with you. I feel like he's got his mojo back. Something's changed. Maybe the car has got more yeah. potential, and he can see the promise that's um, hopefully will materialise in terms of uh, regular points finishes. But yeah, I think look, I think he'll leave here happier than when he arrived. Look, finally, we've got uh, Kevin Magnussen in 10th place, double points finished for Haas. They've, they have a, they've had a bit of a rough time of recent races. Yeah, and so. again, Quali was massively disappointing for both of them. And so to finish, double points finish was, uh, was fantastic. And it's proof, isn't it, that you know, they're not bringing upgrades to their car. If you just maximize what you have in this new formula of Formula One, the midfield is so close that you can score points. You don't need to keep bringing upgrades and spending lots of money if you're just good at maximizing what you have. And Aston Martin are struggling to maximize what they have, whereas Haas today most certainly did. The question is whether they can make quantum leaps. You know, if they get the money, they can't spend it. So, um, I mean, the, the teams without a full budget, they've got a bit of space, but uh, and they haven't. if they haven't finished right at the front uh, last year, then they've got a little bit more leeway, but they still need the money to do it and the time. And the time is actually the big problem. It's not the money, it's the time. Do you know why I'm laughing? So I just looked over there and Antonio, Sergio's dad, was just hugging him, kissing one cheek and slapping the other. Brilliant. And then he's now pointing at us. Look, I know. Look it was, at the smile it, it, it was on like Checo's was, face. It was like Checo was a little boy all over again yeah. and his dad was bring him in, bring him in for a big well, hug. Do you know what though? That, that just sums up, that view that you're, we're just describing, Pink, sums up, I think, the feeling of everybody after that British Grand Prix. Oh. It was just a sensational weekend, wonderful atmosphere and just what a Grand Prix. It was. Um, it was one of those epic races that we will be talking about probably 20 years from now. Whenever I leave Silverstone, I feel somewhat elated and deflated at the same time. Deflated because I know I've got to wait another year to come back. But this is where my heart is. This is where I grew up. These are the races I came to as a kid. We used to live about 20 minutes away. And this race just delivered on every single level. There was that human element where everyone was genuinely concerned about Joe and about Alex, the relief to hear that they're both okay. And then the great racing that we saw afterwards and the crowd, my goodness, the crowd, they yeah. were, makes me emotional just thinking yeah. about them. So just to remind you all, here are the final finishing positions of the 2022 British Grand Prix. Carlos Sainz coming home in first place to take that maiden win in Formula One. Hot on the heels behind him, Sergio Perez taking 
the 21st podium of his career, with Lewis Hamilton taking his 13th podium here at Silverstone, uh, the last man on the podium. And then Charles Leclerc coming home fourth, Fernando Alonso fifth, Lando Norris sixth, Max Verstappen seventh, Mick Schumacher getting those first points in eighth, Sebastian Vettel climbing from 18th on the grid to ninth, and Kevin Magnussen rounding out the points in 10th place. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday, the 12th of July to debrief the Austrian Grand Prix. But for now, F1 Nation is produced by F1 and Audio Boom Studios. Goodbye, F1 Nation. Goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Damon. See you next week in Austria. Hey, looking forward to that. <laughs>